0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Dr. Psych Bob Show. Today, I'll be talking about why therapy may not have worked yet for your sexless marriage. Before that, please do subscribe. Most recent subscriber episode was about people who are aromantic, and there's loads of other good ones. Oral sex on women is usually a hit, and 137 others. All right, so um, a lot of people come to me. As what I call on my site, a therapist of last resort after they've tried myriad other therapists and spent loads and loads of money, a lot of people try to come to me because despite learning how to say their I feel statements and communicate better, which is no small feat if you were raised in a dysfunctional home with craziness, yelling, dysfunction, chaos, or just silence then it is hard to learn to communicate. But, you know, that's not usually the sum total of what people need to do. Of course, the people that do need to do that don't end up seeing me, right? They were fine. So they did that, and then that was good, and and they're done. However, that is not a lot of people, you know, that struggle with sex. So there is not really a way for most therapists to address sex because they don't have the training or the interest. Um, The ones that do... Sometimes they can become ASEC certified, which is this sex educator thing, an extra certification, um, or they could just uh, talk about it like in their profile and in their you know, most people just have a profile like on psychology today. But if they have any other writings or like their website or what have you. If you go to a therapist that doesn't mention sex, guess what they're not going to do in the session? Mention sex. This should be kind of obvious, but it isn't to many people because people don't understand like our training. So that's where I'm coming in. In grad school, we learn absolutely nothing about human sexuality. It's nothing. Like you take developmental psych, you're taking psychopathology, you're taking psychometric theory, you're taking all sorts, statistics, right? I mean, there's just a lot of stuff you take. Child psych, like there's different courses, right? But unless you specifically... Um, after grad school, go for extra training in couples or sex issues, and you're not going to get it as just part of the curriculum. Some MFTs, marriage and family therapists, like will learn more about relationships. For example, I didn't even learn about couples counseling until internship. Like a lot of programs, most programs don't talk about my, the PhDs. It's funny because people think, oh, PhD, great, you know, knows a lot. Uh, it's an advanced degree, but it's usually focused on research. So, you know, we get less clinical training in many cases than people who are solely training to become a counselor, right? So I remember my friend who had a counseling PhD, uh, she had like a whole course, a whole one of her classes was on listening skills or something, and I did never get that as a clinical psychology PhD. So um, in many ways, there's nobody like, this is like same as when people go to doctors, by the way. So they'll go to a doctor, like a GP, and they'll talk about all the the stuff that they just researched on the internet about like a certain psychiatric drug. And they'll think that the guy's like looking down on them or not taking them seriously. The guy doesn't know what they're talking about a lot of the time. They don't, they don't do that. Like they're not going to, you know, psychiatrist conferences because they're not a psychiatrist. They're not a specialist. So they know, you know, a lot for a human being, but they don't know, a GP doesn't know as much as a psychiatrist, right? So like your average therapist is not going to know about sexual issues unless they pursued advanced training in in those issues or uh, were an autodidact, you know, and taught it to themselves and took their own continuing ed and read their own books. So they would need to be Interested in and comfortable in talking about sexuality. And a lot of therapists are not because that's not what they're signing up to do. They're helping you understand your your mental issues and your emotional issues and learn to communicate better, learn to empathize, learn about, you know, the overlap between your childhood dysfunction and what's going on now, patterns, um, your general interpersonal style, your personality. I mean, just a million variables, but not sex and not, certainly not anything practical or specific about sex. Also, there's a philosophy, you may r- remember hearing this from your partner, if you are the higher libido person, that when things get better with sex, sorry, with the relationship, they will get better in the bedroom. That only works for like young, highly sexual people. So, so yeah, so there are some people that I work with, right? And um, they had a good sex life. Then she had a baby, and she thinks he's a real piece of shit because he didn't help with the baby. And you know what? He didn't. (laughs) He was working, then he was gaming, and he went out and got drunk a couple too many times. And, you know, they literally, but then he feels like she was being a real bitch, and she's cut him off from sex, and so that's why he did that. And, you know, like that kind of stuff. So when they get to a place where they could empathize with one another and communicate better, this young younger couple that just recently had sexual issues that are hormonally and um, situationally based, and it's close to the inception of when the problem started, if they work on their emotional closeness, then they'll probably start having more sex. You know, I mean, that's just how it goes for people who had no sexual problems. However, for people who have longstanding sexual problems, it's not going to work like that. It's like saying, like, if we work on our our relationship and our emotional communication, we're both going to get better at running a mile. No, you're not. That has nothing to do with anything. That's a completely different skill set. This goes along with the stuff that I talked in my previous episode, previous free episodes. You definitely should have heard it, the one right before this one. Um, and I was saying that when people make sex into this special, sacred thing that's in its special, sacred category, then they assume that just because you love each other, you're going to have a communion of souls in the bedroom as well. No way, Jose, no doesn't work like that because that is a skill. Sex is a skill. You learn it over time and with practice, with one person, with multiple people, however you do it, you're learning. And if you, you got to learn things to learn things. It's like saying like, you know, if I love Spain so much, I think it's such a beautiful country. It's where I want to live. I want to go to Madrid. This has been my goal. So when I get there, I'm just going to learn Spanish. I don't have to try before that. I'm going to stand in Madrid, and the sun will be shining on my face, and immediately I will begin to speak in Spanish. It's going to be awesome. And I say this because I've been studying Spanish with my son, so that's why it's on my mind. But um, it's crazy. It's like you could really love searching for Bobby Fischer you ain't going to know how to play chess, right? I mean, it's 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 like it's kind of crazy to think about it in any other capacity. It's just cuz you love something and you think it's so wonderful. You're not going to know how to do a skill like that is like a thing that needs to be practiced, right? So, it's the same kind of thing and it's such a crazy philosophy to have if you if you put the analogy anywhere else, right? just because your heart is in something like can you imagine if your kid told you that you're paying for one of these exorbitant like travel soccer teams or some bullshit like this it's gonna bankrupt you you know and you have to pick between his college fund and this stupid thing and then like he said to you you know what i'm just gonna watch a bunch of soccer i love soccer so i don't i don't really have to practice because the spirit will move me you know when i'm on the field you would be like get your ass up and practice you know what are you talking about this is a skill you need to hone this skill you need to do this skill frequently you still have so much to learn you know you need to go to your coach you need to talk about the things you did wrong in the last game like what is going on with you you can't just feel the spirit move you and this is yet how people feel about sexuality and it doesn't make any sense right so how are you going to know how to go down on your wife better just because you like how she looks and you think she's sexy How do you know? How do you know? You know? And especially, especially, especially if she doesn't tell you. Why wouldn't she tell you? Because A, you sulk and B, she has no fucking clue because nobody ever did it good. So she has no idea. She doesn't watch porn like most women. So like, how is she going to know? You know? Point is, like, if you're not speaking to somebody directly about what's going right and wrong in your sex life, different things to try, learning about responsive desire, learning about your erotic styles, learning about what you each find exciting in bed, try, like, even literally talking about sex in session can, make, it can be transformative. Just literally us talking about it. Oh, did you have sex? What was it like? Did you like it? What did you do? Blah, 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 blah. This makes people who are previously very shy and awkward talking about sex able to just talk about it like it ain't no thing. You know, which is the goal, right? Because if you could say to, if you can never say anything to your husband about what he does or doesn't do, you know, then how could you ever get, how could you make it a better sexual experience? Same with what a guy could say to their wife, right? But if you're used to talking about it, then you could be like, oh, I would rather try this or that, you know? Maybe you could go slower. Maybe we could shut off the lights for once, you know? Maybe we could, uh, maybe you could. Touch me. This would be a guy talking to his wife. <laughs> Maybe you could touch my body. There's an act like a real suggestion from, you know, like a lot of women would be like, What? I have to do that. And of course, I talk about the necessity for foreplay that is focused on both people. But this seems to, of course, not be something that women would think to do because they don't know because nobody ever told them. And although we're getting a bit far afield, as I've said numerous times, if, like, how's somebody gonna know something if they never learn it? If a woman doesn't watch porn and she never got any feedback, because you don't, when you're young, if you're a hot girl, then guys are happy to have sex with you. They don't criticize anything. They can't last more than three minutes anyway. So like, what do they care? And they get you in bed. You lay there like a fish and they're thrilled, you know, to have this naked, beautiful fish. And then they get older, the woman, and she thinks that's the same thing she's supposed to do when she's married is lay there like a naked, beautiful fish, except she's not so young anymore. And it's not a lot of novelty. And the guy's older too, and he doesn't want to fish anymore. So you know what I mean? Um, But the point being that you would never be able to discuss any of this or know any of this unless you discuss it and know it. So that is why your previous therapy did not work as well if it was not focused on these sorts of practical matters and increasing the comfort of both people talking about this topic. Now, some people will, of course, then also say, I am, my partner says they are not comfortable talking about sex in such and what do I do? So therefore, they don't want to talk about a sex, talk to a sex therapist. Well, you only have one fucking life, you know? Like, that's really what I have to say. If you are living in a sexless, terribly, like, under-sexed relationship, it's also not so great in other regards. So right now, if you learned already how to do your I feel statements, probably that means that you have a wonderful business relationship um, and that's about as good as that gets because I have never used yet seen people say we feel emotionally closer because we don't yell at each other. No, they say I'm being a good parent. I feel better about myself. I never knew I could have such a calm and peaceful home. And then they say, yeah, you, he and I are great teammates. You know, we're good teammates. And I, And that's about where it starts and ends. We are better friends now. So I guess in that regard, they feel emotionally closer. So I misspoke. I have not yet heard people say they feel romantically closer from their I feel statements. And I don't think I ever will, but you know, there's a first time for everything. So when people can empathize with one another, this is wonderful, but that if it does not translate into increased affection, intimacy, uh, other loving romantic sorts of things, which would be touch for most men and some women and romantic words, et cetera, for most women and some men, uh, and and just basically anything in the romantic couple sphere if it doesn't translate into that, then you're just a better business. You know, you have improved the communication in your business via consulting. And so, you know, that's not where a lot of people want to get to. So that is why that it didn't work yet. And so therefore, what you got to say to your spouse is, I am very, very unhappy. And I'm unhappy with our intimacy. And I feel like we are just, you know, business partners. And so we, I engaged in the sort of couples counseling that you found helpful. And now I would like to go to a sex therapist or to somebody who at least will help us in that domain, or at least I know is sex positive. Because I remember a couple of times I tried to bring up intimacy with our prior counselor and she was, you know, nodded and said, how do you feel about that? And I told her and she said, how do you feel about it? And you said, you didn't want to talk about it. And then we never talked about it. And I don't like that. So I want to do something else. Otherwise, you know, I fear that our marriage is at grave risk. You've got to really put your skin in the game with that. You can't be scared to say that you feel like the marriage is at risk because then you're just going to coast along being unhappy forever and then you can refer back to my myriad other podcasts about why you would think that's okay and it's usually because you saw miserable hopeless parents and nobody deserves that and you shouldn't be stuck in that. So don't be shy to tell your partner how truly dysfunctional you think the situation is and how you really want to address it and also Whole, you know, do your part by saying I'm sure our sex life sucks in part because of me. Yeah, I have a higher libido, but I don't know. I might, I may be terrible. Fucking common sense would say I am because you never want to do it. So I mean, help me, help you. Like I want to learn something. You know, I'm sure I don't make this a very easy topic to talk to me about. I'm so sensitive about it all the time because we're barely having sex. So I'm, I, I take it very personally. I'm sure I can't be a person that you could give feedback to. This is the case for, by the way, the majority of anxious or preoccupied attachment men that I work with, they talk a big game about being open to sexual feedback. Meanwhile, I get the woman alone and she's like, I can't tell him anything. He'll sul for three weeks if I tell him something. If I tell him to go brush his teeth before he kisses me, there's, we have to have a whole conversation about how that's unnatural and it's, it's not normal and why should a guy have to do that and can't he just give his wife a kiss and what's wrong with me? So I can't give him any feedback even when he smells bad, Literally. You know, and so so you don't really know till you get into counseling how every person is thinking and especially those individual sessions at the beginning of couples counseling, which I always do uh, one joint, one individual with each and then we reconnect joint can be very eye opening to say the least. All right. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed this. I hope you subscribe because the next one will be subscriber only. Join my Facebook group. It's 4 dollars a month. It's separate than this, but it is cheaper and it is a lot of fun. You could talk to me more in there. I engage a lot and there's lots of other people who want to give and receive feedback and have discussions that are open-minded about relationships, sex, couples, stuff, parenting, career, just everything in the world. And there are memes. So bring your sense of humor. And I'll talk to you all soon. That's the blue subscribe button on the Dr. Psych Mom Facebook page.